Hey friends, I'm Megan Meredith. I've been on an interesting journey the past 10 years. It's been full of plot twists, as I'm sure your own journey has been. One thing I've learned is that people are fascinating and full of stories. We all come from diverse backgrounds and have complicated backstories. We experience the world completely differently and we don't always agree. And that's okay, because there is always something we can talk about. All right, friends, what a pleasure to start season three with you guys and to start it with my very first political candidate. <laughs> I am thrilled to bring you Kelly Kraut. She is a longtime friend of mine, and I'm not even really going to introduce her because she does such a great job herself, and we tell you all of our backstory as well as hers. So without further ado, let's just jump right into this conversation. I'm glad you're here, and I hope you enjoy this. Great. Welcome, Kelly Kraut. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're here. I am glad to be here. Okay, friends, I have known Kelly Kraut since we were in, what, junior high? Something around there. Little bits. It was an awkward time, whatever it was. <laughs> Hella awkward. <laughs> so, but I want you to tell our listeners, because there are vast, <laughs> vast amounts of listeners, tell me your story little Kelly, how she got here, where she's going, what you're into. Okay, fantastic. I can do that. So yeah, I am Kelly. I grew up in Russellville. Yes. You know, you know the place. You've been Don't there. Tell. Yes. We lived there, you know, my whole childhood. I graduated from Russellville, met my husband right after graduation. We were <laughs> set up on a blind date. Oh my gosh. And you know, he was very tall. And He's I was tall. like, still is. I'm going to give the, he is. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's, that is true story. And so, yeah, we got we got set up and, and dated pretty seriously, got married really young. I mean, you knew me as a teenager. I was yeah. I was kind of goofy, but I liked being a leader and yes. I tried to find places to lead and, you know, help people where I could. I think I've always kind of been kind of a happy-go-lucky, like, yes. you know, try to be alive for the party at yeah. least. You I, I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't get invited to a lot of parties, but like I was... <laughs> I tried to have a good time. I was yeah. the mascot there for Yes, you were. Yeah. So And you played the drums. Yeah, played the drums. Yeah. Had a lot of, I've always had a lot of energy. You so did. I'm just trying to find a place to Put funnel it. that where yeah. it can be useful. Absolutely. So Kevin and I got married shortly after you know, I was a couple years into college and still a young a young babe for sure. <laughs> but we had a couple children right off the bat and then became aware of the need for foster parents. Yeah. And so we jumped, you know, full on into that and fostered a lot of children. Over about a 10 year span, we were open off and on a couple of times, fostered about 18 or 19. It's a good place to put all that energy. I guess. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I hope we were useful. So we got to see a lot of kids reunite, reunite yeah. with their families, which, you know, is always the goal. Yeah. Uh, we did adopt a few as well. We actually just adopted our most recent last year. He was 21 when we adopted him. Oh, yeah. He's 22 yeah. now. So we have seven children now, three of whom we adopted out of the foster care seven. system. And yeah. after doing that, oh, you may have heard of some books I wrote. <laughs> I have heard of those. Tell me about this. <laughs> so after not being able to take in any more children, I was like, how can I help this this community more? And I didn't find that there were a lot of books out there that I feel like explain. we should have led with that a little bit. We probably should have. We started with junior high. <laughs> then we're jumping ahead. 
publishing books. Yeah. Go ahead. That was a fun time. I'm glad, I'm glad I knew you yeah. for sure. So yeah, I just wanted to write some books that helped explain the foster care and adoption process in a way that kids could understand it mm-hmm. and that families could help navigate through it yeah. with the help of these books. And yes. so did that and we wrote three and we three. put those things out there and very proud of them. And then decided to go back to school and finish my college degree so that I could work towards being a therapist because we had so many good therapists in the process of yeah. being foster parents for our children and for ourselves. Yes. And so I finished my bachelor's degree a few years ago in psychology and then now I'm finishing up my master's mm-hmm. in social work. And so studying social work got me really passionate about policy yeah. because policy yeah. impacts everyone and as a you know a white middle-class straight woman it was not impacting me as much as Mm -hmm. others but when i realized oh wow this is drastically impacting people's lives i just wanted to sit at the table and so decided to run for state representative in the last election cycle and just sort of jumped in not honestly knowing a whole lot just Mm -hmm. thinking i'm gonna figure this out as i go and had a great time and we really moved the needle pretty substantially yeah. for a Democrat in Arkansas and knew that I wanted to run again. And so when this cycle rolled around, somebody mentioned Lieutenant Governor to me and I was like, but what does the Lieutenant Governor do? <laughs> and so, <laughs> because listen, a lot of people don't know I mean, that let's right be up honest, to, why don't you tell us? Because we don't know. <laughs> also, can you spell Lieutenant? Because that's... No, it's a LT period. <laughs> It's a hard word to spell. Anyway, I can spell lieutenant now. I'm proud to tell you. But after looking at what the lieutenant governor does, so they kind of serve in a vice president type way as yeah. far as if the governor were to resign or die, they would then take over as governor. Mm-hmm. Now, that's about where the similarities end. Yeah. Other than that, in Arkansas, the other responsibility is to preside over the Senate and provide a tie-breaking vote. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't happen very often. A tiebreaker, you know, yeah. in the Arkansas Senate because we are a supermajority here. But in theory, it's something that yeah. one would need. Yeah. What is attractive to me about the lieutenant governor position, you know, other than those things, is the ability to advocate for issues that I think are yeah. important to Arkansas families and children. Yeah. So, yeah, I jumped up to run for lieutenant governor. Yeah. And here we are in the middle of the campaign. So doing it. That's that. Yeah. Is Kelly in a nutshell. Okay, I love all of that. And I want to touch on two things that you said. So you said, let's start at social work. Let's back up a little bit. When you were doing your master's Mm -hmm. in social work, which you're almost done with, right? So close. And you were saying that a lot of those policies didn't necessarily affect you as in, in your subjective perspective as a white woman. So like, who did you, who do you see that those policies impact well the, just the there policy, better need, there needs better policies for what what groups of people well can i you speak to that like the last legislative session for instance seemed really dead set on taking health care rights away from trans mm-hmm. individuals i've never had anyone try to take away my oh, health care or my decisions about my health care you can look at the lgbtq plus mm-hmm. community and how we've made things more difficult for them right. with policy and i just i want all our kansans to have access to the same things right the same yeah. rights and yeah. be able to live the life they wish to lead without fear of discrimination mm-hmm. or retribution and yeah. so it's not that policy wasn't impacting me because it sure. does impact yeah, yeah. everyone but yeah. it certainly wasn't as drastic as it is for some groups of people. Yeah. And so I want to yeah. be an advocate for, for everyone. Yeah. 
So the second thing I want you to expound on is the issues that, that do impact Arkansas families that you're passionate about. Can you speak to what those issues are that you are passionate about? Yes. And I'm sure you'll understand as a former foster parent and current adoptive parent, like working through that foster care system can be so clunky Mm. and families can get left behind so easily. And I don't think it's because people aren't trying to do the right thing. I just think so many of these systems are so inefficient and ill-equipped to actually serve in the capacity that they need to that families are getting left behind and and we see kind of drastic consequences there so i talk a lot on the campaign trail about the foster care system about the criminal justice system just about how how difficult it is once you are within one of those systems to be able to succeed and do well and if we could just do things more efficiently then then families could come out of these situations well equipped to be successful right in our state right so i'm not pretending the lieutenant governor has like all kinds of power to fix sure. those things yeah. for sure but they would have the megaphone to be able to advocate mm-hmm. on a large scale and just bring awareness and right. I, I know this was probably similar for you when you decided to be a foster parent like mm-hmm. before i i literally didn't know how many foster kids there were in our area right. and when i found right. out it was like oh yeah well that's something i can help with yeah and the awareness sparked me to action. Mm-hmm. And so I think if we can do that on a bigger scale, we could really see differences yeah. that would make a difference in people's yeah. lives. Yeah. And when you say the families are kind of falling through the cracks, are we speaking about like biological families? Yeah. Uh, the kids that are on in care, they're yeah. not getting the services that they right. need in order to succeed and be reunited. Well, and you know, sometimes they are, it's just, it's, it's a hard system to work in. You know, it's understaffed, especially right now with COVID. I would love to see us be able to focus more on prevention Mm -hmm. aspects, uh, not landing in foster care in the first place, but in the system, there's just always a bigger fire to put out. And so the few workers that there are, are always busy trying to find placement and move kids around and don't have the time to be able to do the preventative services and checking in on families. And then we just don't have the infrastructure built in Northwest Arkansas to allow some families to be super successful. So while you're in the foster care system as a biological family, you can get transportation to your counseling appointments or your treatment, whatever, but we don't have public transport. Mm -hmm. So if they don't have transportation and they get their kids back, DHS isn't involved anymore. And so it's really difficult to set families up for success when we don't have the resources yeah. necessarily that they need. Right. right. So addiction services, really hard to come by. Rehab's yeah. really hard to come by. So, and then just poverty in general is, you know, it's it's a tricky thing to navigate. Yeah, I it reminds me of a quote. I'm pretty sure it's Desmond Tutu or whoever's <laughs> name is. But the quote says that we need to, basically, and I'm paraphrasing, but we need to quit saving people out of the river, but go upstream and figure out why they're falling into the right place. Yes. And that comes speaks to that preventative services, which I think you could tie, you know, looking at all of it systemically, like public schools and, and also just, I think it all plays in together. I'm sure. And I know way less about this than you do, but just, just different demographics that it's just harder for them to get resources that they need simply because they're in that demographic. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I'd love sort the of under, underserved in general. And so, yeah. 
Yeah. What is prevention? Any time that we can like. do preventative services rather than reactive services, yeah. that is going to be proactive for everyone. Yeah. So everything about my platform is about being proactive instead of yeah. reactive, efficient instead of clunky uh -huh. <laughs> and slow. Like we've got to make these things accessible. Yeah. Studying social work, you know, doing internships and whatnot, trying to help find people resources. Like if you are unhoused. It, like the HUD housing development, mm -hmm. like it's an 18 to 24 month wait. Yeah. So I spent hours one day working on an application with one guy and they're like, okay, well, wait list is 24 months. I'm like, whoa, mm -hmm. but he's homeless today. Like, right. you know, we right. have two shelters in Northwest Arkansas. It's just, there's some of these things are really, really difficult. And I think the resources are here. We have people who want to help here, but they don't necessarily know what the actual needs are of people who are really struggling mm -hmm. in our area. Yeah. And so just trying to connect those dots and advocate for, for, you know, families and children. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So would you say that your platform centers around families and children or are there other things on your platform that. Yeah. I would families and children is what we focus on. And you know, that's where sort of my expertise is. I right. mean, most of my life I've spent being a stay at home mom, yes. but I talk a lot about how parenting is freaking valid experience. Yeah. Like challenge me on logistics here. I have seven <laughs> sons. Like I, she's a pro. I can run some logistics. Yeah. Okay. So talking about, you know, just families in general. And since it's not, you, Lieutenant Governor is kind of a quirky position. I'm kind of a quirky candidate. I don't necessarily have like point what ABC that sure. we go through, yeah. but just really talking about focusing on, mm -hmm. we talk about foster care a whole lot, uh, mm -hmm. focusing on these systems that need to be just cleaned up a little yeah. bit. And then just the added point of we need more average regular citizens yeah. in office. We need yeah. more moms in office. We need more yeah. young people in office. We need more primary parents in office. I mean, Arkansas is definitely towards the bottom of having women mm -hmm. represented. We're 51% of the population. We're like 23% of elected yeah. offices in Arkansas. We need to balance that out yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And who better to have input on policy about children than primary yeah. parents? And so I, I go on that soapbox a lot because it talks, people talk all the time about, oh, being a mom, there's it's the most important job in the world. But then you say you're running for office and they're like, well, what's your experience? Mm -hmm. What? The most important job in the yeah, world. Yeah. <laughs> I had the most important job in the world. What's your experience, <laughs> Joe? Yeah. So yeah. anyway, that's a, that's a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> but the government is supposed to be made up of the people that it is serving, representative of the people that it is serving. And so I, you know, consider myself a pretty average regular person mm -hmm. and I want people to see people like them represented in their government. Mm -hmm. We're gonna push pause real quick. We'll be right back after this break. So let's talk about what it's like to campaign. Okay. Give me a little bit of idea. Yeah. So this is a statewide campaign. So yeah. everyone in the whole state can bring right. on this, Not which means one county. That's right. Last one. Yeah, yeah. The last one was a small little district. So this is the whole, the whole dang thing. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of traveling. So that's yeah. a lot of, you know, driving around on the weekends and you're busy Time to a lot of people. Yeah. I'm thankful for the zoom option because that allows me to do kind of double uh -huh. work because I yeah. can't travel all the time, but I can, you know, meet people, 
you know, at these Democratic meetings or whatever that happen on a random Monday or Tuesday yeah. night. As um, let's review, she has seven kids. I, yeah, we do have a lot going seven. on. Listen, <laughs> when basketball season started, I told yeah. my campaign manager, I was like, listen, I'm going to the basketball uh -huh. games. They were like, no problem. Just yeah. send me the schedule. So they manage my calendar That's in amazing. everywhere that we're going. Yeah. But all the ball games are already written into the campaign calendar. So we're able to, yeah. you can do both. Yes. You really can do both. So I missed some away games, but I was going to do that anyway. Let's be real. <laughs> some of them are very far. <laughs> so... Anyway, so yeah, sometimes I'm watching the YouTube live stream like yes. on the way back and forth uh -huh. to events, but we're doing a lot of traveling, a lot of just, you know, talking about the issues. I built a lot of my campaign for the state rep race on social media because uh -huh. it was freaking COVID yeah. and who knows how to right. campaign during a pandemic. Yeah. And so I kind of got to start with a uh, head start yeah. there because I'd already kind of built up a platform of people who cared about the same kind of things. Which I kind of blew up, didn't it? Like TikTok kind of uh, yeah, went a little viral for you. We had a couple of viral videos, yeah. which is a which is a weird thing, but you know, there's there's a decent little following yeah. there on TikTok, yeah. and so have I been kind of typecast as like the TikTok candidate? Maybe is it fun? <laughs> yeah, I'm having more fun than anyone else who's running right. for oh, office. Absolutely. And <laughs> politics doesn't have to suck. Right. Like we can talk right. about this in a way that is a little bit more lighthearted. You can, yeah. I can take the issues really seriously without taking myself too seriously. I like that. And what I love about TikTok. Is that it's you a big that a shirt? <laughs> you know what? Too seriously. Yes. Myself too seriously. Okay. Take note, yeah. Carly. Are you listening? It's We're. <laughs> I need credit for that. Uh, okay. She said it. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Listen, but yeah, on TikTok, yeah. you know, it's a it's a quick platform, and so I try to make most of my videos sixty yeah. seconds, and it's a way to make politics accessible yeah. for people yeah. because people don't have the time to go look up all these bills yeah. and read about everything and learn what each position does, whatever. And so I sum it up in a right. short, concise, digestible way. And I really mm -hmm. feel like if people understand what's going on and they know what's going on, yeah. they'll want to get involved, especially right. if you give them some action steps yeah. to do it. Yes. And you can do all of that in 60 seconds about right. different issues. And right. people are there. There's a crap ton of people yeah. on TikTok <laughs> and they vote. Okay. It's not right. just a kid's app. There's yeah. a lot of adults on there. So yeah. it's been a really, really useful tool for me. Yeah. Well, I think, I think too, I think there's a chronic problem in our country of people having opinions about politics that aren't necessarily based on fact. Oh, what? This is right? shocking information. I know, right? I just blew everyone's mind, right? <laughs> where, where you have this stance on something and it's a very firm stance and it's mm -hmm. very partisan firm stance. But, but if you looked at, if you went to read the bill, I mean, I don't think anybody does that, but <laughs> except me, <laughs> some people do it. Okay. But I think that, I think what you're doing is, is helping people because we don't go, I wouldn't even know how to go find a bill to be right. truth be told, nor probably would I understand. A lot it's of a cumbersome language. process. And so I think what you're doing is helping people understand Oh, I actually don't agree with that. Or I do agree right. with that. Or like, oh, I think I'm somewhere in the middle. Or it's kind of helping them understand what someone means by policies on right. gun reform or yeah. XYZ, whatever we're talking about. You know, I just think sometimes they get it in their mind that this is my, this has to be my stance because this is like my party's stance, mm -hmm. which is oversimplified in the first place, yeah. I think, when it's in the media. And then if you really look at the details and the facts of the policy, yeah, they would maybe change their viewpoint or they would recognize that that's not 
I would I would tend to agree with that. So I like the digestible sure. part of that. Yes. That is like... it, it's just the accessibility. It uh -huh. doesn't have to. I used to think it was a very elite thing that like only a certain amount of people uh -huh. could possibly understand or follow. And then the more I started paying attention over the past few years, I was like, you know what? If that guy can understand it, I can definitely learn <laughs> right. this. So yeah. there was a little internalized misogyny there. Honestly, uh -huh. when I was first debating on running, like, oh, Am I smart enough to do this? Do I have enough information? Do I have enough experience? And I'm like, you know what? I don't think most of these dudes are sitting around trying to talk themselves out of it. They already know they're qualified. Right. And let's be real. The qualifications to run for lieutenant governor, you need to be 30, overqualified. You need to live in Arkansas for over seven years. Overqualified. Right. <laughs> okay? You don't need a degree. You don't need all the, you know, these other things. So, so we've sort of, I'm not saying we should totally water everything down, but... There's a misconception yeah. like, oh, I'm not qualified to run for office. Sure. You probably are. Right. You probably are. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I feel like you've been, I don't know if it's social media. I can say like on the, it's been in the news, the paparazzi. No, I'm kidding. Like you've had some, some conversations recently about your viewpoints on gun control uh -huh. and things. Yeah. So you own guns. I own guns. My husband's in the military, but I'm also very pro- Safety? Yeah. <laughs> and, Me too. And sort of like, let's look at policies. Let's mm -hmm. look at control. Let's look at reform because I, you know, I don't think this should be the Wild West. Right. Um, right. So, but I think a lot of people feel like it has to be black or white. There's a lot of there's assumptions. Lot of, yes. There's mm -hmm. a lot of assumptions and there's a lot of black and whiteness in our viewpoints a yeah. lot of times when it comes to politics. And so like, what does that look like? Are there, are there issues in your platform or that you've kind of run into that people are surprised by? Yes. And kind of speaking to favorite. the gun thing, yes. but there might be others as well where they're like, but you're running as a Democrat, but you mm -hmm. own guns. I think that's where I'm going is kind of like that juxtaposition. Have yes. you run into that? Well, and gosh, when I told my husband I was running told him. I mean, I mean, like we had a conversation about it, but I wasn't asking permission. Let's be super clear. But he was like, but, but the guns. And I was like, yeah, we own Look guns and like, come on. Right. So yeah, we're a gun owning Democrat family. We're pro second amendment. I always lead with that. Yeah. I just want to see us focusing on keeping guns out of the hands of dangerous people. Yeah. That seems reasonable, Absolutely. right? Closing loopholes. And people will say there's not loopholes. There's freaking loopholes. There's a lot of them. And extensive background checks. Yeah. This, these are all kind of simple, no-brainer things. And they will not impact responsible gun owners. Mm -hmm. And so when people pitch a fit about some of these things, it, it's honestly kind of sus to me. Like, if you are a reasonable, responsible gun owner, this won't impact you. Right. So that's all we're talking about. I mean, right. domestic abusers can own guns here in Arkansas. Right. It's not yeah. it's a federal thing. It's not enforced. And that's problematic. Yeah. Big time. So everything comes back to keeping Arkansas families and children safe. safe. And we yeah. know we know how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of transitioning from that piece, like we are in the conservative South. Don't know if you know that. Oh my God. Are you serious? <laughs> this is a terrible place to run for office. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I would also maybe say the evangelical South. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So you even kind of grew up in a very conservative town, the Bible Belt, even, you know. And so what is that? 
I mean, would you say that your viewpoints and even political views have changed since you were young? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I used to be mega conservative. Right. I mean, very conservative. Our younger 20s, just very, very steeped yeah. in that. And it wasn't until I kind of broadened my circles and was around people regularly who were very different than me, yeah. who I saw these policies being yes. impacts on their lives, yeah. not in a great way, yeah. that I was like, oh, dad gum, I really thought that the way I was thinking about this was the most loving and kind and inclusive right. way to do it. And I'm realizing now it was not, it was not in fact, yeah. the most inclusive yeah. way. And so started challenging myself on what I thought about a lot of issues, starting honestly with homosexuality. Mm -hmm. um, I will apologize forever to the LGBTQ plus community yeah. for just being ignorant yeah. um, on the front side and just learning and growing and trying to be an advocate mm -hmm. for that community. And so when I realized, oh, you know what, what I thought was right about that, I no longer think. Mm -hmm. So now I'm going to break down every other thing. And uh, the cool kids call it deconstruction these days. But that's that's <laughs> what I was do. doing. But I just didn't know what it was called. Right. But just sort of thinking. Just taking things apart. Yeah. That's what that is means. this yeah. what I really think? And and what am I basing it on? And is it because some white guy told me to? And, mm -hmm. you know, just listening to other voices and, it and learning. Yeah. <laughs> confirmed. We have confirmed. <laughs> but, you know, just learning and right. growing and, and right. broadening my circles. And it's been really really enlightening yeah. and I'm super thankful for the process and I'm sorry yeah. for the people that I hurt on the, right. on the front side of, but I'm going to keep yeah. advocating for the rest of my life to help, yeah. hopefully make up for that. Yeah. It's like when you know better, you can do better. No, my favorite quote yes. from Maya Angelou. So, yes. So that when you know better, do better. And let's yeah. never assume that we know everything. No, you know, you never just, arrive. Like we're always open. learning, always mm -hmm. growing. And so, and that comes by learning to sit with people and and honor their experience yes even if it's vastly different than yours and even if their life is is drastically impacted by systematic infrastructure that mm -hmm. you haven't even experienced because right. of your subjective viewpoint of life and so i love that so i bet you i mean you've probably had the privilege of sitting with all kinds of even through the camping trail people mm -hmm. probably come up to you and tell you stories or whatever yeah and then that kind of morphs your then experience yeah but I'm, you know, I'm thankful for the whole process because I think having been super conservative and now being very much mm -hmm. on the other side allows me to relate easily to, to people both on, on both sides and in the middle and in, in a non-judgmental way. I never want it to be like, oh God, I, you know what you think is stupid. Like, I don't, I understand how mm -hmm. you think mm -hmm. because that is exactly how I viewed the situation right. too. Right. And I got there. And I'm not necessarily trying to talk you completely out of it, but what I'm trying to do is show, hey, there's actually more common ground than what we would think. And I always go to the abortion mm -hmm. topic on this one because that that feels very black and white yeah. uh, for, for a lot of people. But when we can look at it like, hey, most people would agree we would like to see abortion rates go down, yeah. but this is ne not necessarily the ideal option. So how can we, how can we do that? It's not necessarily outlawing all abortions. Sure. So we know what causes abortions and it is unplanned pregnancies and we know what causes unplanned pregnancies. Okay. And we know what to do about that. So access to healthcare, access to birth control, right. access to sex right. education. Tell us about your sex education growing up in the Arkansas school mm. system. Zero. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Or purity. Yeah. yeah. One or the other. And so basically zero. Used to. Mm -hmm you know, AIDS and that epidemic was to, yeah. So, I mean, we, yeah. 
we've got a ton of data to back up that, hey, comprehensive sex education drastically reduces teenage pregnancy rates. Mm -hmm. Drastic. Arkansas, we number one. Mm-hmm. But we yeah. can do better. And yeah. so we can, we should be able to, to work together on both sides of the aisle mm-hmm. to reduce abortions mm-hmm. if that is the goal yeah. without having to yeah. regulate women's bodies. Right. So, Amen. yeah. Don't you wish we could just all get along? Yeah. I don't see that happening, <laughs> but I do think we can have respectful conversations yeah. about this stuff. And so yeah. I'm trying to bring a fresh, way of campaigning where we can talk about difficult issues it doesn't have to be nasty or totally polarizing and just trying to have an open mind and listen to the other side man that's something we could talk about right (laughs) is how to disagree with people i'm sure you do this regularly with actual other like constituents or people that are already in office but just also like do we call ourselves lay people the people that are over here that don't we're not in (laughs) politics what do we call just uh peasants or no kidding. peasants i'm pretty sure yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how do you dis- how do you i feel like this is something that we this is chronic in our culture is that we don't actually know how to disagree yeah peacefully or at all right and i think we just always need to be stepping back and asking ourselves the question is this helpful or is it unhelpful? Yeah. Like, how can we have a conversation about this without harming people uh-huh. and actually suggesting real solutions? Uh-huh. And, you know, like the abortion thing we just talked yeah. about, we can absolutely disagree on the morality and the the when a life begins. But uh-huh. back to that kind of policy not impacting me or evangelical sure. culture, there was one point to me where it's like, this is so obvious and so clear. Mm-hmm. Well, to someone with a completely different religion, their yeah. view of when life actually begins Absolutely. could be completely and totally different. So why does one person's religion get to decide the law and another mm-hmm. person has to be subjected to that when it's not their belief? So I don't see any point mm-hmm. in debating the morality of when a life begins because we can be focusing on preventing people from needing to make this decision in the first place right. if they had the tools to make decisions for their body yeah. to keep, you know? So I think a lot of it has to do with being proactive rather than reactive, like we talked about yeah. in the beginning. So those conversations are a lot less volatile mm-hmm. if we can be proactive instead of reactive. Yeah. Yeah. Have you had any like massive disagreements with people? You know, what's funny is when I put content out about second amendment stuff and about abortion, like those are all really well received. I get the weirdest pushback on like the most benign things. I posted a picture the other day from a Christmas parade in a local town and somebody kind of came at me about like, you know, that town has a racist history and here's all the things. And like, were there lies? No, like truth. Okay. But also welcome to the USA. The whole thing has a racist history. Okay. If I'm not going to campaign in any towns that have racist histories, like shut her down. There we're we going to yeah. go. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of bizarre to me that like some things will get nitpicked and then the things that I expect to be hot topics and right. get pushed back. Abortion. People are actually yeah. like, Oh, this is a reasonable conversation I could be a part of and not feel judged in. Yeah. And so I think that's something that I'm, I'm good at as a yeah. candidate is talking about the difficult issues. I'm apparently going to offend people with random Instagram posts, but that's 
that's okay. You can't. And so it's just the world we live in. That's, yeah. that's facts. Yeah. So, you know, I'm not everyone's cup of tea and I appreciate that, but. Do you find that you have more disagreements or pushback on social media rather than in real life? Well, or have you had people kind of come at you on the trail? You know, it's the campaign trail, at least right now, is mostly meeting with pretty friendly crowds. Like I'm okay. going to people who are already they're showing up to celebrate. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're showing up because I said I was going to be there and they wanted mm -hmm. to be a part of that. And so it's more building kind of the teamwork right now okay. that we will yeah. use in the spring to go out and talk to all kinds of voters. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, are we appealing to the base more right now yeah yeah so i haven't gotten so more of the pushback is on social media and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that which which i can handle and that's fine i know i'm not going to be for everyone and often it sparks a good conversation of oh hey yeah. you make a good yeah. point here let's 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 hash it out let's uh -huh. talk about this and give people space to do it and and 99 times out of 100 that goes pretty well yeah i think i've only blocked one person yeah. <laughs> Sketch. I know. Listen, sometimes yeah. you have to. You have to have, have some to. boundaries. Yes, you know, yeah, you have to. Not everybody gets access. You know. <laughs> so, like, how how do you, let's say that someone listening has trouble disagreeing with people about let's say it's about politics, but also let's just say in general. I know. You know, I come from a space where there was only one right view of something, mm -hmm. and so if you deviated from that, obviously you're wrong. And so, how does how does a person on politics or religion or whatever. How can we do that peacefully? Is there a goal that we're looking for, an outcome in a conversation? Or is it more to just, is it like a spirit of kindness about oh. generosity of yeah. opinion? Or what would you say? Gosh, I think we could get so far with assuming good intent mm -hmm. and also just like having good intent. Like you need to do that. that but is, I, I'm number one. Yeah. Have good, intent. have good intent. And then I'm going to assume you're having yeah. good intent. And what I always want to know is like, what has brought you to having the opinion mm -hmm. that you do. And I, so I can imagine easily a, a prior time in my life where I would have assumed maybe that someone who's in foster care, who, whose children have landed in foster care, like, hey, well, what happened right. that right. it's put you there? Like, just do the right thing. Yeah. You know, like mega oversimplified. Yeah. And then now having gotten to experience and walk alongside families who are maybe struggling with addiction or mental health services and, and really putting myself in their shoes and seeing, oh, wow, it's mm -hmm. not that you just made bad choices. You didn't have great options. Yeah. Right. And so just really being able to understand where people are coming from and having mm -hmm. more empathy and kindness, yeah. just because I haven't personally experienced something doesn't mean that someone else wasn't put in a really horrible mm -hmm. scenario. So we've got to be able to put ourselves in other people's shoes yeah. and, and yeah. be graceful listeners and yeah. willing to yeah. accept, Hey, I don't know everything. I might have something to learn here. I probably have something to learn right. here and right. be willing to be the learner. Hmm, I love that. Even if it doesn't necessarily change your entire opinion about something, there's still something you could learn. Mm -hmm. That's so huge. Well, and yeah. I get a lot of, every now and then I'll get some pushback on just a very specific opinion. And it's mm -hmm. from someone who I know is going to vote for me anyway. Right. And, mm. and, I, it can be a little bit frustrating, but it's also like, like a choice of blazer or, <laughs> well, you know, there was somebody who was upset about us. I was talking about legalizing marijuana the okay. other day yeah. and, and taxing it. And they're like, no, we shouldn't tax it. I'm like, uh, oh, no. what? So is marijuana going to be the only thing that we don't like? Everything right. is taxed. Right. Like 
we're still taxing Where's tampons, but we're not going to tax <laughs> pot. Like, come on. So, you Let know, let's have the tampon. Right. Come on. This is not a fun time, y'all. But seriously, we're not, we're never going to all agree yeah. on every yeah, single yeah. thing. And if you want a politician to agree with a hundred percent of the things that you think you need to run for office, mm -hmm. that person can only be you because there's right. no way you're going to yeah. agree with every single thing that I say. And I spent a lot of time trying to encourage other people to run for office mm -hmm. because so, yeah. we let a lot of seats go uncontested. And that's how mm -hmm. we end up in kind of extreme political scenarios, because if no one is running on one side of the ticket, then that means the person who was elected yeah, yeah, won in the yeah. primary and they may have just gotten to say, I would like to be the state senator. And then nobody opposed them mm -hmm. and they just got to freaking sign up. Yeah. Let's make them work for it. Everybody should have to work for it. Yeah. All right. So everybody run for office. Got it. <laughs> done. <laughs> We're done here. And <laughs> better down. <laughs> I think what you said about kind of relating to their life experience, even if you don't necessarily get into that in a debate or, or pushback, but you can kind of see how they came to that opinion is so important. And I can even kind of tack that back to what you were saying about having come from a conservative space and then your, your views, allowing that evolution and deconstruction and then putting it back together allows you that both sides of the aisle okay. understanding because so much of our opinions are just, we're conditioned to have them. They come from the infrastructure right. from which we came yeah. and, and we don't know any different until we know any different. And that takes work and, and we can't to... do any different until right. we know any different. And so then it's just like this cycle of, and then we're re kind of reproducing it in our children or whatever system that we work in. And so I think, I think too, a piece of that is like not constantly feeling threatened that their opinion is threatened by someone else's opinion. Right. Like being able to have a discussion, like a healthy discussion yeah. about, I see how you got to that point. Here's where I am and how I got to that point. Right. And like, it's not a, maybe it's also a boundary thing. I think it's super you're allowed. You're allowed to think that. And I'm allowed to think that. Well, and I'm not threatened by what you think because exactly. And what did they drill into our head in foster care training? All behavior makes sense in context. Yes. Every single thing we There's do purpose. as children and adults, it makes yeah. sense that we are reacting the way that we do because of our circumstances. And All right. Our let's have a little therapy. Yes. And I love <laughs> that. And yes. you just mentioned kind of it impacts your kids. And I always want to touch on this. I am have learned so much about indoctrination yeah. and I want to be, I realize that some is inevitable within sure. a family, but running for office, we have a lot of political conversations at my house and I'll hear my kids kind of say things that I'm like, mm -hmm. Oh, you know what? Back that right on up. Right. Uh, I need you to explain to me why you think that. Yeah. And what does the other side think? And what are the, what are other families who think opposite of us having, what are their conversations looking like right now? Because I don't want my kids going to school and just parroting what they what heard me yeah. say. And this was pretty funny. I was telling the boys, because this is a bigger office and, you know, it's going to get, you know, a little bit more attention. And I was like, hey, listen, y'all need to be kind of prepped. Kids are going to come to school and be like, my parents think you're a baby murderer or, you know, whatever. <laughs> and I was like, listen, you're not going to engage. I don't need you getting kicked out of school. Right. Like, here's some kind of tools you can use for these yeah. conversations. And one of my kids was like, mom, you really think I'm not going to clap back if somebody comes up to me and says, <laughs> my mom's a baby murderer. <laughs> And I was like, oh my God, respect, but <laughs> yes, please don't clap back. <laughs> you can point to your six brothers and be like, you right. know, she's really lived in a fairly pro-life <laughs> fashion. 
It's but, gonna be a low key clap back, like <laughs> low key. I'm not above a little sarcasm, but you know, it's I. But I do want my kids to be able to. Yeah, I, I tell them all the time. I don't care if you grow up and completely disagree with me, as long as you can back up your opinion and you can have a respectful mm -hmm. conversation. So we've just got to bring some civility back yeah. to politics, to the world in general. I think it yeah. would do us all just yeah. a real solid. I would just love if the world was not so black and white. I think that would all help us have better conversations to yeah. just be like, I am in like, this is my stance. I know this much about that mm -hmm. thing. And there's a thousand nuances to it. Yes. There's based on my perception, your perception, lived experience. And so it's just totally worth having an exploratory curious conversation mm -hmm. and just be like curious about things like i'm curious why you think that right is how you got to that opinion yeah i'm not saying it's wrong i'm just saying i'm super curious how you yes. got to that like rigid fixed super angry opinion not that they're all angry <laughs> some <laughs> you know, are some are but yeah. you know just being curious i think could save us so much animosity yeah in a disagreement and like yeah. And on the black and white part, like one of the, I'm open about being in therapy. I've been in mm -hmm. therapy and I think this is an asset and most people should probably go, but probably Everyone. one of the most used phrases from my therapist to me is Kelly. It can be both and, both and, I both that. and, and it's like, I can predict she's about to say it, but yeah, I, I, I just, see it. Don't even know. I'm still going to pay her to say it to me all the time. <laughs> And you're going to say it next week. Yeah, because you just forget because yeah. yeah. things feel contrary, but it can mm -hmm. be both and, and it yes. is both and so much of the time. Yeah. So. I love that. So much. In yoga, not that we're talking about yoga, but in yoga, I talk about learning to hold tension. Like you hold tension between one pose to the next, or you hold tension in a pose, or you just, you know, learning to hold tension between two things mm -hmm. allows you to a, you know, it's that paradox where two things can be true. Yes. And it helps us not in yoga. I say that we hold tension so that we don't become a host of tension, but that mostly mm -hmm. applies to the body. But like when we learn to hold tension, we don't become this like rigid, you know, host of tension. Like right. I'm all bound up because I think it has to be this one way every time Uh huh. this outcome, you know, it's more like, well, this is what it is today and tomorrow it can look different. Right. Things can be true today. Yeah. I can feel two, two different things tomorrow, you know? And so I just think that's so important. Yoga yeah. doesn't have to do with your campaign, but it just, like, well, no, but it makes sense. And that, that makes me think specifically of like, like addiction. I freaking yes. hate addiction, yeah. but I can also completely empathize yeah. and sympathize yeah. with the disease of yeah. addiction. And so both can, be true. both can be true. It can make me really, really mad and also really, really sad and yeah. want to help and then sometimes not be able to help. And just all these things can be true. And the compassion of how they got there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's the sort of, this can be like a silly thing or what's the most unexpected thing you've experienced throughout this process? Oh my goodness. You know, Running on a statewide level, it's mm. just a, it's, I know Arkansas seems like a small state, but like, <laughs> it's kind of, that's a lot of people. Yeah. And it has been a totally surreal thing to me to like bump into someone in public 
that I don't know right. who's like wearing Achilles shirt. And I'm like, oh my God. This is how famous that's, people feel. That's me. I'm Kelly. Where did you get in there? Like, and then they're like, oh my God. It's just, it's a, yeah. I will never get over it. It is yeah. so wild. And it's just kind of neat to be like, oh my gosh, somehow this is spread out of my personal circle, yeah. my own bubble. And this is trickling across the state and people care about this and they want to yeah. get behind this. And it's incredibly flattering. It's incredibly humbling, but it, it blows my mind every mm -hmm. single time because I yeah. just can't wrap my head around it. Cause I make these little TikTok videos on my front porch, you know, in my, right. in my little study yeah. and maybe, maybe 500,000 people oh, will see it. But when I made it, it was just me. And so number, like it was a small, uh, like, well, I mean, well, yeah. that's, that's a big one, obviously, but like it's, yeah. You, you're not thinking that when you're making it. Literal people are watching. And this. then to think yeah. like those are literal actual humans that yes. watch that. That's wild. And merch. That's yeah. crazy. That's yeah. crazy. So yeah, that that is just surreal and it's really, it's it's fun. But I, I won't get over it. So I just I don't I didn't expect that and uh -huh. it's it's just really yeah. it's neat. Yeah. Well, how do you in in this process? I know you're really busy and you're kind of you're. I mean, would you say you're an extrovert? I'm definitely an extrovert. Okay. So as an extrovert, like all the people meeting, the handshaking, the speeches, all of that stuff probably doesn't bother you. No. But like, how do you, how do you kind of take care of yourself in this process to avoid like even getting burnout yeah. through the campaign process? Is there something that like fills you back up? Kind that of? is a solid question. No, I thrive off of like the events and meeting people yeah. and I come home all kinds of amped up and... I, I love that part. The harder part is the in-between mm -hmm. events and, and the making phone calls or the Zooms or whatever that yeah. are that are a little bit more challenging to me. And I do have times where I'm like, you know what? I need a little bit of a breather. I told my campaign manager on the front side, like, hey, I am a mom mm -hmm. and I'm a student mm -hmm. and I'm a candidate. And I can't always be all three at the same time. Yeah. And so sometimes I'm going to go into student mode when I have procrastinated and I need to write a paper. <laughs> and then sometimes I'm going to be in mom mode and I'm going to yeah. do seven basketball games in the next two days. And that is not an exaggeration. That happens all the time. Right. And then I'm going to be in hardcore candidate mode. And so that is weirdly life-giving to me to get to shut down one and mm -hmm. move into the other. And sometimes they merge and sometimes they don't. Compartmentalize. Let me yeah. compartmentalize it a little bit. Yeah. And, you know. That, that helps me a lot. I do do therapy. I like to jog or walk, exercise, you know, kind of get some, some space by myself. Yeah. That is, that's good self-care for me. Yeah. Learning to prioritize sleep, you know, yes. got to get, get some of these things in, but I'm enjoying it so far. It really does give me energy. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a second to sort of campaign here at the end. Like, what do you, what do you still need on your campaign? Like, do you have needs? Where can people find you? What's next? Oh, that's a fantastic question. Thanks for teeing me right up for that. So yes, we have needs. I mean, obviously getting your message out across an entire state costs money. Yeah. So we do need financial support. I don't love asking people for money, but we, we need it. Yeah. And so I'm pretty easy to find on the internet. I'm Kelly for Arkansas.com. I'm Kelly for Arkansas on like all of the social media yeah. channels. So we do, it's not just TikTok, y'all. Like I'm on Twitter and Facebook Instagram. and Instagram and yes. uh, we've got a Snapchat. I haven't really developed that one yet, but technically we're, we're there. Okay. So send yeah. me a message and I'll definitely see it because <laughs> I don't <laughs> have it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, we're everywhere and you can sign up to volunteer and you can sign up to volunteer for the type of thing you want to do. So not everybody likes making phone calls. 
Some people do. You can write postcards. You could literally send me TikTok trends. Like you, there's, there's a million different things you yeah. can do to volunteer and then buying the merch. Like my merch is fantastic. It, it is, is super soft and functional and you can wear it everywhere and be a little campaign billboard at the grocery store. And it. then this is the other crazy thing that has happened. People will tell me, Oh, I wore my Kelly shirt to the store yesterday and I ran into someone else who follows your campaign and we had like a whole moment. So it's building friendships. Community. Community, yes. So in the mass, you never know. You might wear your Kelly shirt and then meet a new friend. So that's how we can find each other in Arkansas. (laughs) I love that. But it helps the campaign legit. So I guess I just I'm having a moment here, and I just want to acknowledge that not too long ago we were publishing a book together and we had a little party yeah. for the first book and Kelly got up and kind of gave a little speech and she read the book. Oh, I did. And then it's like now Kelly's on a campaign trail and I just think that's like you were low key preparing me to give speeches like a, all yes. over the state. Oh, origin stories. Fun times. Are so cool. Yes. <laughs> And it all fits together. Like all I was trying to do then was advocate Advocate. for families and help people navigate systems. And all I'm trying to do right now is advocate for families and help people navigate systems. We've all got a role to play. And so just finding the spot where you fit. And and I'm really, I'm enjoying this current role for sure. I love it. Tell, Tell me what that shirt says about... If everybody does a little bit. If everyone does a little, no one does a lot. I tell my kids this all the time they probably get very tired of it but i think it applies to it's a little dirty much i know well yeah listen, you know i love a rhyming book oh. okay hence the three that you wrote and published right yeah and i mean listen i've got a pretty busy household so if the house gets yeah. a little mm. chaotic or or cluttered Absolutely. i'm like hey if you guys will give me 10 minutes we call it a shakedown i'm like Ooh, we can I'm do it 10 minute shakedown and then we have this I'm little it's that. almost like a game like hey you go do something yes. and if you can't find something else to do come back and ask me and we will all work really hard for 10 minutes and then that's all we have to do yeah. and if everybody does a little mom does not have to do yeah. a lot and as far as like the fundraising on the campaign yeah. this is very grassroots i don't want Right. Well, that's a lie. I do want people to donate a lot of money. But ideally, <laughs> have it. if everybody listening, yeah. if everybody following along yeah. would donate $5, sure. that's not a lot, but it would, right. everybody, you it know, yeah. nobody has to do a lot. Yeah. So I really, I think we can apply this to so many things. Yeah. All right. Let's give Arkansas a shakedown. That's right. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here. This has been an absolute delight. Yes. Thank you. I learned a lot about campaigning. Listen, sometimes when we talk in these voices, do you feel like the Saturday Night Live? This is like, our, <laughs> this is like our confidential voice, like 60 minutes. I love it. Dateline. But thank you for having me. I appreciate it so much. It is always a pleasure to chat with always you. Always a pleasure. Okay, y'all. Kelly is such a delight. I think that you'll agree with me on that point. It was so fun and talking to her even though I've known her for so long it was just so fun to have a conversation with her and she's just such a good force in the world I just love I love being around her I love being her friend and I love watching her campaign it's just been so inspiring a couple of nuggets that keep running through my mind even weeks after we recorded this I can take the issue seriously without taking myself too seriously man I think we could learn so much from that and if everyone does a little no one does a lot she does have merch that says this on it it's so cute I just think that that's such a good example and you better believe that 100% I have adopted 
calling, cleaning the house, giving it a shakedown because it's just it's so funny. And I do think that we can clean house a little bit when it comes to politics and religion and social justice and some deeply rooted culture stuff that what if we all just did a little bit? What if we did what we could and then no one has to feel like they have the weight of the world on their shoulders? I just think that's so brilliant and refreshing and inspiring. So follow Callie on all of the socials if you're on all of the socials and i'll put her links in the show notes buy yourself some merch the other day i was teaching a yoga class and the girl to my left had kelly's sticker on her water bottle and it was just a really cool moment of like oh my gosh you know kelly or you follow kelly or you're a supporter of kelly and that was so it was so fun so buy yourself some merch and vote for kelly for lieutenant governor little plug for myself on my website meganmeredith.com there is a speakeasy section a little members only section where you can sign up for just five dollars a month um, and get bonus content and bonus episodes unpublished literary works and lots more stuff for just five dollars a month and or you can give a one-time donation and you also get access to that speakeasy area i just put out a novella on the members only area that you can only get through the speakeasy section so you get early access to that novella which is a continuation of Avery Brave Nightingale's story if you read the Nightingale files thanks for joining us today I'm glad you were here we'll talk more next time Thank you.